Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Geary and Chris Calicut. Mr. Matt Morgan is ill tonight, he will not be here, but we are going to talk about Monday Night Raw for Monday, June 19th, 2017. Interesting Raw, uh, some developments, some things happened, kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, Chris, your big picture thoughts on tonight. You know what, Glenn? It actually was a pretty decent show overall. I uh, just wrapped up the poll results. Two to one say yay instead of nay for tonight's Raw, which, uh, you know, a pretty solid show from top to bottom. Just oddly oddly paced at points, but I thought it was pretty decent. Really? Raj, what about you? Uh, you know, I think like an hour of the show was good and two hours was complete filler. But the good was good. And the, I, I like the main event segment, I you know, the the closing segment. I I thought of the clear options, unless they came up with something really creative, of the clear options, I thought it was the best choice. Huh, I don't know, man. I mean, you heard when the crowd was not only booing Caspi, yelling, you suck at the end. Like, I don't know if this is going to get them the kind of heat they want. Uh, of the two, of the duo, in the divorce amongst the fans, I think Enzo gets most of those fans. Yeah, but he's not, he's not a star. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's not a going to be main eventing pay per views and things like they, you know, big cast might. Uh, big cast has a lot more of a chance of doing that than Enzo. So you know, if yeah. you're doing a breakup, I think cast as a heel is is much more the way to go. Well, yeah, you know, but, yeah, and this promo the, here. Uh, sorry, Glenn, go ahead. I was to say between the two of them, they're the perfect wrestler. It's just unfortunate that apart, they're each half a wrestler. Right, but uh, this is probably, actually, definitely the promo of Cass's career, um, and he showed he he has some chops, if he absolutely needs it, that he may not necessarily need Enzo all the time, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I thought, I thought Cass cut a great promo here, you know, for, for what he was doing. I thought there were some, uh, you know, some plot holes and stuff in it, but but <laughs> it didn't make sense for him to keep acting injured week after week when he could have just beat his ass the first week. And, right. you know, the explanation of just seeing how stupid he was just, you know, didn't quite cut it. But other than that, I thought it was it was well done. I mean, it's a moment. I have to see where it goes from here. You know, my gut instinct is that, uh, you know, with Cass having attacked Enzo, I don't know, Enzo and Cass were part of what really, really got me into NXT and got me, I think, really as passionate about wrestling over these recent years. I think they were just larger-than-life characters, and their duo was played beautifully. To me, I said this on Twitter, this is like that stupid Marvel twist that Captain America has been working for Hydra all along. It just seems to go against what we've been led to believe in kayfabe, and I have a bit of an issue with that. You but, gotta let it go, Glenn. <sighs> let the kids go. Some things, some things have to be untouchable. I saw you saying this. you wanted Sammy to win money in the bank, too. You gotta... Oh boy. I wasn't the only one on that one. I I'm think sure uh, you're not. You know, and sure Baron it's... was my prediction. Sammy was my preference. Baron was my prediction. Yeah. You know, so I was right on that. But uh, I don't. It depends on what they do with it from here. You know, I. But I like when uh, they book characters consistently. It was just a weird sort of retcon that Cass has been frustrated all along. Given well, they, to their credit, they've dropped little hints here and there in the past of where mm. Cass has looked annoyed, where Enzo's running his mouth, and you know he'll get his head kicked in. Cass, you know, doesn't really do anything; just kind of looks annoyed. So, uh, if they ever wanted to do something going to their past they could because there have been uh, moments where where it's been like that actually one of the best nxt promos they ever did was the one where uh cast was very frustrated with enzo when enzo uh kept 
kind of making the wrong connections in what Cass was trying to say. I highly recommend people go back and look at that one. Uh, it was very enjoyable in NXT. So let's uh, go segment by segment and talk. Uh, but, you know, if this happened tonight, I'm just saying Bailey heel turn incoming because apparently nothing is sacred anymore in the WWE's <laughs> eyes. I don't think Cass being a, a baby face was uh, the long-term plan. So, And plus, they've been just on a treadmill for a while now. They haven't been really... Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. They haven't done anything with them creatively. I just wonder what you do with... We'll, we'll get to it. We'll talk about yeah. it more. But I just don't know what you do with Enzo right now. Um, so we opened up Roman Reigns' big SummerSlam announcement. Talking about how he uh, wants to take on... I mean, they make it clear it was Brock Lesnar or just they wanted to go for the belt. I believe it was the belt, correct? The universal title. Yeah, it was the belt because he said whether it's Brock or or the guy named Joe, you know, he, right? Also, yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's correct. But here, here's my thing, guys. Did we not just have a whole entire pay-per-view a couple weeks ago that was built around being the number one contender, and now Roman just comes out and says, oh, uh, let me go ahead and be that number one contender, guys. I got that spot for you. I'm like, um, all right. I mean, if anybody has that say-so, I guess it's Roman. But uh, then, you know, when I have the pay-per-view a few weeks ago, and that was your whole spectacle to, to get into that program. Yeah, that's a good point. But this whole thing was a red herring anyway because Roman Reigns yeah. is not getting the title shot at right. SummerSlam. And, you know, he's getting beat here, most likely getting beat by Braun at the pay-per-view. So I think it was just to kind of throw people off, make people think that he is getting the yeah. title shot. And it, because it, then it makes you question more like, oh, well, maybe they'll have him beat Samoa Joe or, you know, mm -hmm. so if so, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. On one hand, they made a big stink about who's going to be the number one contender. And on the other, you know, they just have someone come out and announce it. And Roman not rocking the vest in that first segment there tonight. Everything. I, I didn't know who he was there for a second. I was confused. <laughs> He looks. I mean, he's in good shape without the vest. I'm, you know. Oh, absolutely. He, he doesn't wonder, need it. Yeah, if he doesn't need it, he might as well just get rid of the, you know, because he's a big dude. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like it's a lot of. I mean, I, I just think it's weird, but you know, I think uh, it's a lot of people that just dress like indie wrestlers, you know, as far as the shirts and everything, and it shouldn't matter, but. I guess we just when I think of the stars and superstars of the past and, and Steve Austin and, you know, and The Rock and Macho Man Randy Savage and Piper and all those guys, they didn't wear shirts, you know, and yeah. it seems like everyone does nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we had that face off at the beginning of the show, setting up their match later in the evening, followed by a match between the Hardys and Gallows and Anderson. Um, the Hardys won this match. Uh, Wither, Gallows, and Anderson at this point. How are how are the, how do you think they're faring on the on the roster here? I've almost got a year in now, over a year in. Yeah, for me, I mean, they're just another team. Uh, they pretty much, I think, brought them in to take them away from New Japan more so than to utilize them. Um, you know, they they saw some dollar signs, I think, but for whatever reason, they chose not to follow those dollar signs, whether that be with Styles or pairing them up with Balor or whoever. Uh, but to me, they're just another team on, on the roster at this point. Um, you know, it, it got uh, the other team a good win. Uh, it got Hardy's a solid win. And I bought the near fall with the, the boot of doom. The match was fine. But uh, where do they go at this point? What else is there for them to do? Because they've pretty much been uh, close to, to jobbing territory here in the past six months. Mm. 
Yeah, they're getting into uh, to Rhino and Heath Slater territory where no one expects them to win when they come out, you know. Uh, next stop, that's one stop away from Golden Truth territory. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's too bad. I mean, you know, it just last year seems like an eternity ago when they were with AJ Styles and and the club and, you know, uh, raising hell. And here they are. So not even you know, weird comedy segments anymore. Yeah, it's you know what WWE how often people get excited about so and so coming in or so and so wrestler debuting or coming up from the you know, coming up from NXT and how once they do what percentage of guys within like 6 months is are they just like kind of nothing? Just just another face. It's like 90%. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. I mean Finn Balor interacted with um Elias Sampson and who else was it? I said there was like the dynamic duo. I mean, he was pretty much on the low mid card tonight. If you wanted to look at placement, yeah. Well, you look at how excited and you know the big thing was the Hardys. Uh, you know, for half a year, uh-huh. and they're here. You know, here they are, and they're they're well, over. They're right, big at least stars, they're and there's still a lot they could do with them. But they're just yeah. kind. Of, they're they're not difference makers right now. So we got another Gold Dust promo tonight. Um, next week, Los Angeles. Gold Dust versus R Truth. It's finally happening. Did they drag this out too long, Roger? Are you still interested to see this match? I hope that they don't actually do the match next week and it's it's a red herring for great balls of fire. Because I hate when you do a long buildup and just do the match on TV. Mm-hmm. It's like uh they did that buildup with TJP and and Neville, and then it was just a throwaway match on 205 Live, and it's kind of forgotten. So I, I you know, I'd much rather, you know, they the pay-per-view is just a couple of weeks away anyway. Why not just, just save it for that? So I hope they come out. Goldust, Goldust attracts our, attacks our truth before and beats the crap out of them or something that leads to uh, the pay-per-view. But I am, I'm done with these promos. I think they deliver them well, but I just feel like I'm seeing the same one every week. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a 24-carat production, if you're going to do all this stuff with movie production, what better place than Hollywood to go ahead and, and blow off the feud but, you know, it, like you said, it could be a red herring if it gets a couple more weeks out of it. But they have to change it up somehow. They have to get to some sort of physical altercation. But you really don't want to draw that out very long either. But we also remember the introduction to Golden Truth that took months and months. So I months. guess they're going that way with the exit of the Golden Truth as well. Oh, what could have been if the gorgeous truth would have stayed together? Mm. Golden Truth. No, no. Remember uh, when we were on the way to the Golden Truth, we got the Gorgeous Truth. Oh, like wow! You remember that? Our <laughs> Truth's uh, makeshift selfie stick with the calculator and the tree branch. I, 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 I put that all out of my memory. Yeah. Oh god! It's the details, Raj. It's the details. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about the rest of Raw in a moment. I want to take a quick minute and give some love to the sponsor of this episode, Dollar Shave Club. First, talk about it before you get the high quality blades and amazing shave butter delivered right to your door for an incredible smooth shave. Here's why it's awesome, Dollar Shave Club. You've heard us talk about it. It's a smarter choice. Great shave, great price, conveniently delivered right to your door, and it's an awesome life hack. You don't have to go to the store, get those razors. You get the cheap ones that cut your skin up, or you get the ones that cost a fortune that are behind the counter with the security tag on it. You have to ask for them by name, like you're like you're a teenager trying to buy a dirty magazine just because you want a clean shave. People, 
Now there's an answer, and that's Dollar Shave Club. I use the Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor with the Dr. Carver Shave Butter. And what I love about it, even though I have a beard, when I clean up the beard, I use that shave butter so I can see exactly what I'm shaving. Never get too much off. Keeps it looking great. Raj, you've been using it. You said it's been working out really well for you. Yeah, I just used it yesterday. Um, we got that shave butter. It's probably been like a month and a half, right? Yeah. And 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 that tube. And I, it's still, I still got a bunch of it left. Like, it lasts. And... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm about ready to put in another order for a new thing of razors. They deliver it right to your home. Uh, you know, my, it lasts one razor is pretty much a week. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. I've, I've switched. And I love that part about the subscription too, because I'm sure every guy out there has done this. You really try and get the lifetime of a razor thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to go to the store and buy more of it. You're shaving with a dull razor six months later. Dollar Shave Club keeps the fresh razors coming right to your door. So that way you always get that smooth, clean shave. And that Dr. Cover Shave Butter helps prevent ingrown hairs and it fights razor bumps. So it's Definitely the smarter choice. For a limited time, new members can get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5, and that comes with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for $5. And in your first month's box, you get that awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of that Shave Butter. After that, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. No hidden fees, no commitments, cancel anytime you like, but you can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. That's dollar shaveclub.com slash inc and we thank them for sponsoring the wrestling inc podcast man i've got to switch because they keep carding me whenever i try to buy a razor for god's sake i mean i mean look at this baby <laughs> face here i mean it's got to have something on it but uh no no i've got to show my license every time i buy a freaking razor you need uh, to buy a license to buy a, you need to have a license I'm just, no <laughs> you just never know with some states you know I, they have I, I just, I, it's laws. almost that bad you have to show a license to buy spray. no you seriously almost have to it's, it's pretty bad you know? yeah um, it's great because the expensive razors dollar shave club is the answer so glad to have them as a sponsor of this podcast so back to monday night raw elias sampson came out tried to sing a song why can't the people just let elias sing at this point uh but no finn balor came out to a pop faced off with elias and then finn Went up against Bo Dallas, our first of three Bo Dallas sightings tonight on Monday Night Raw. What kind of universe are we living in? Uh, what do you think of Bo's new look, Chris? He uh, looks like a Wyatt and probably should be. Uh, but at this point, I guess they found a new role, as we found out later in the night. But um, m my big stick about this whole segment was Elias Sampson said he's been playing the guitar for 15 years. He's, he knows three chords. Maybe he learned it on YouTube. What yeah. the hell? Himself. <laughs> I, I like the the tuning the guitar bit. Oh, that was perfect. I you love know, that. I thought that got some great heel heat. But uh, first when Finn came out, I was like, man, are they teasing? Is this the start of a Finn uh, Elias Sampson program? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's a big... I mean, that's a big rise for Elias, but it's that's, a big that's drop a leap for Finn. And a fall at the same time. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, uh, it, and that's what it was. So, I mean, they, I guess they're not doing anything else with Finn, but I, I just figured once Braun came back, it'd be Braun and Roman until, you know, and then uh, Braun and Brock at SummerSlam. And so then you got Bray uh, to go with Finn, unless they're going to keep that Bray Seth Rollins thing going even after Great Balls of Fire. So, I don't know. You think we could start like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo for Vince McMahon to retire at this point? Like maybe we get, you know, a couple million dollars. Just be like, Vince, you earned it, man. Just just leave it leave it to, to Triple H, you know? Yeah, well, on the business front, 
you know, who else could have, you know, could have done the stuff that he's done, even recently with having the balls to do the network and the stuff that they've done, even though they, you know, they'd be more making more of a profit with pay-per-view. Actually, who knows with how bad creative is, where how far pay-per-view would have fallen. Mm -hmm. But man, creatively, it is just, it is just on, uh, it's as bad as I can remember. This is this is really bad. So tonight there were high points to tonight's episode, but I think it's for me the distaste is just the creative void that we're feeling. Um, especially given last night, Money in the Bank was a great example last night. Great matches with terrible endings. Goes right, to all the talents there, but if you don't have someone at the top booking it well, it means nothing. Yeah, just the booking is all over the place because you you have these super high points, like you'll get two segments per show, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, that are fantastic. And then, as Raj said, maybe 45 minutes, 60 minutes was really good tonight. But the other two hour was just either not creative, for the lack of a better term, or it just wasn't valuable to, to any of the stories, um, or, or at least not interesting. Yeah, it's just it's just match, match, match that don't, you know, match that doesn't mean anything. Match that doesn't mean anything. Match that doesn't mean anything. An and angle here, match that doesn't mean anything. And here's what made it all look terrible. The high point of tonight, in my opinion, was the goddamn trailer for WWE 2K18. That was incredible. Uh, that was awesome. And it won't go anywhere. It won't go anywhere unless they're going to completely flip uh, Rollins' character because if they're going that direction, that's actually a really cool character, I thought. That was um, so good. Uh, but if they're not going to use it for, for anything storyline-wise, to me, that was almost slightly disrespectful to, to an extent to the, the legends and all the, the factoids and stuff that he destroyed. Yeah, I, I mean, we, my first thought when you know when we put it on the site this morning was, uh, say, huh, that's kind of a little uncomfortable with you know knocking Andre the Giant's head off, you know, the statue and and stuff. But with what they were trying to do, it it was such a cool trailer that you know it's like forget it. Um, but man, if they you know if they could had the people at Two K or whoever does their their promos that could do the big pay-per-view promos you know like for SummerSlam and royal rumble and wrestlemania those would crush the stupid roller coaster promos you know like they had for for wrestlemania and you know like they could do some really cool stuff so i know they don't want to go in that direction but this you know this is the best promo i've seen all year and i think last year the best promo were the the Brock Suplex City 2K spot yep. and the the Goldberg spot, you know, where, where you know he was the playable character. So, what was great about this though was it actually gave Seth an angle, like like it gave Seth in the in the commercial a better storyline than creative ever could have, and they're not going to do anything with it on the programming. I mean, he came out and cut that promo. Was the crowd trolling him with the "You deserve it" chant? Because even Seth seemed kind of like. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, he did cut sort of the white meat baby face promo, so I mean that kind of got him there. But uh, I don't think it was necessarily a troll job. But when you're a baby face and you have a big accompli- accomplishment, yeah, why not give him a little praise? Yeah. I, I got a little sick in that promo. That was way too, way too white meat baby face cheesy. Yeah. A cheesy. Like when they're like, "This is not. This isn't for me. This is for all of us." That kind of stuff. Uh, especially when it's a video game cover. It's one thing for the... And you're an arsonist in the video game, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Could you imagine if he would have come out and expanded upon that commercial and cut a promo saying, the problem with this company is we have too much reverence for our legacy, and you've got these part-timers like Brock 
who come in and defend their title, you know, every once in a while on a pay-per-view. But meanwhile, us guys are here sweating it out week after week. He could have taken that commercial. And I mean, that could have been an angle that I think would have resonated huge with the fans. I just think saying, hey, how bad is that commercial? How badass is that commercial? <laughs> the game is even more badass. You know, just something like that would have made it done. that yeah. much. And it would have put it in your head like, wow, I got to get it. That's cool. I got five bucks that says the game looks pretty much exactly like the last few years of games. Oh, of course. But still, at least uh, as a promo, I think it would have yeah. worked better. Just anything else. Um, so he did that interrupted by Bray Wyatt. I like that. Seth called him on his crap about the God thing. That was kind of nice, at least. Um, but man, Seth and Bray, like, not, uh, this is going to be a really talky promo by two guys that think they're the best talkers, but one's got nothing to say and one just comes across nasally and whiny. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just not excited for this uh, feud at all. And to be a God, Bray Wyatt gets jumped as soon as the lights go up. That's not yeah. very all-knowing and omniscient of him being a god. Uh, he should have known Seth was coming. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in theory, anyway. But uh, I thought it kind of made uh, Wyatt look a little bit like a punk, honestly. You would think the gods would let him win once in a while, too. Uh, one would think the booking gods are not on his side. Right. But there's got to be, if, yeah. Yeah, with Wyatt, uh, there's just no one... And it's weird because I think he's so talented, but his promos have just been redundant for so long. He's just been kind of, you know, he's been running in place. And when I think of who you match him up with, the only person that seems interesting at all it, to me is Finn because you Absolutely. could do the thing with the demon thing coming out and, and you know, doing something with that. And maybe they will, you know, with SummerSlam. But uh, for now, anyone, they, if you name any name to put him in there with, it just doesn't excite me. Whereas with Rollins, that's not the same thing. Rollins, there's, I think there's a ton of different people you could throw him in. I think as a heel, he's a lot more exciting and interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I think Bray is a big reason why this feud is, uh, why there's a big disconnect. And he's just doing that same sing-songy cadence. He could be reading out names from the phone book or reciting a list of everything he ate that day. And it would be just as meaningful as these promos he's cutting. It's just the same tone of voice, style of inflection, and goes on and on and on. So... We'll see what happens. Um, so back from the break, Graves uh, had left the announce table to see about the Kurt Angle thing. Uh, he was saying he's going to stand with Angle through his personal issues. So Angle's revealed tonight of Enzo and Cass is separate from the mysterious text messages, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I perceived it. Yeah, the text messages, it seems like, has something to do that's leading to Kurt Angle versus Triple H. And That'd be solid. Yeah, at SummerSlam. I, I, I would presume at SummerSlam because it seems way too early to start a, a WrestleMania angle. Um, but uh, yeah, and so the the Enzo thing is yeah, because you know how would that that wouldn't ruin Kurt Angle's career and all that stuff. So. No, no. Uh, so Charlie Caruso backstage with Finn asking him about what's next, and boom, attacked by Elias Samson. Samson left, but Devon Dudley, we got a sighting of him working backstage now. And the crowd kind of popped when he came out. Yep. I, th I think it was, he was the wrong agent to put in there just because he's he hasn't been on TV since the Dudleys left. So it's going to kind of get a reaction. So I Where, thought, Where's Jamie Noble when you need him? Right, yeah, just just some faceless guy. Uh, I'm good seeing Devon back on TV. But uh, but yeah, Samson, Samson and uh, Finn. And, uh, you know, do you wonder, do they 
they, obviously they see something in Elias. They haven't had him lose yet. Um, do they have him get beat his first pay-per-view match out with Finn or do they have him beat Finn? And if they do, that's a huge drop for Finn, you know? Mm-hmm. We shall see. Likely a great balls of fire. Um, Akira Tozawa versus TJ Perkins. Notable in this match, Titus came out for uh, Tozawa and Titus got the crowd to chant something. Like for like that brief glimmer, Titus like had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Titus is Michael Buffer in the making, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? You guys rag on me every week, but I like this we angle. I, I, you hate Titus and, and Apollo for whatever reason, at least normally you give me crap about it, but tonight, I mean, Titus is just growing into a new role. He's still not the best in the ring. He still has a great hot tag, but, uh, he, that's for later, obviously. But, um, with the Tazawa thing, it integrates into 205 live. I like mm -hmm. it. No, I'm at the stage of WWE fandom of find joy in what you can, Chris. Right. So if something makes you happy, gosh you go. darn it, run with it. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> Raj, what did you think of the Cruiserweight match? Uh, the match itself, I thought, just dragged. But I do like, I, you know, the Titus stuff, I forget about it when it's done, but I think he's doing a good job with it. It's just kind of, you know, for, for undercard stuff that's killing time. It, it's it is entertaining enough yeah um it's really a long show i was just thinking about this and you know you think about people complain about snl having its weak spots at a 90 minute show raw's three hours so this is like imagine if snl were snl then mad tv then living color all together each that's week. the length of, yeah, yeah each week there's gonna be some down points yeah it, it can't all be strong uh but akira tozawa won that match and uh, after that, we had Kurt Angle questioning the revival, went to commercial, came back. Our truth, I thought this was kind of a step up for the R Truth accepting the challenge in LA tonight. I thought a little more energy in this one. Yeah, again, it just he, he he delivered it well. It just seemed like nothing different from the all the other weeks that we've been saying. It just felt like seeing the same promo for the last five weeks or whatever it's been. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Axel was backstage consoling Bo Dallas in our second Bo Dallas setting of the night. And uh, the Miz came in, tried to convince him to join their entourage, making a to him really putting over the Marine 5. Can't remember the last Marine film they talked about this much after its release. Um, but yeah, you know, extended the offer. We saw what happened later in the evening that we'll get to in a moment. Uh, Charlie Caruso backstage with Samoa Joe, building up the fight. And then we had Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. So this match was something. I thought this was kind of remarkable. They put this on so early. This could have easily been the match that closed out the show. Notable. I mean, I'll tell you my experience with it. I had my internet go out in the middle. So I came back to, to Samoa Joe putting the Kukina clutch on Reigns. And I was like, oh my God, they're letting Reigns lose this. This is insane. And then they showed the replay. I was like, oh, Braun's back. So I wish <laughs> I'd seen that moment live because that looked pretty darn cool with Braun bursting out of the ambulance. Uh, how was that in the moment? Yeah. The pop was actually fairly deafening, to be honest. Uh, I was not expecting like I was expecting a big reaction. I was not expecting the roof to come off the place about like it did. Um, that shows you how much he actually got mm -hmm. over before he left. Um, so the fans were excited to see him, partially because of who he is, but also partially because oh look, a guy that might actually be able to take down Roman Reigns. Yeah. 
What'd you think, Raj? I thought it was good. And you know, when people say all all these weeks where you know they say, "Oh, Roman getting the win here," you know, Roman winning again, and it's like, well, yeah, he should be winning. So then, wins like this matter when Samoa Joe beats him. Yeah. The thing I don't like is that Samoa Joe won off of a distraction off of Braun, and when he beat Seth, he won off a distraction, you know, from uh, Bray Wyatt. I feel like he should be still beating these guys pretty clean heading it, you know, into this match with Lesnar. But I guess WWE still is thinking of it as a one and done. And in that case, they want to keep these other guys looking strong. You're the Rollins one. I agree with Reigns. I, they're not going to let him go over Reigns clean. Um, yeah. And, and he also didn't tap. So they doubly protected Roman. Uh, he, you know, faded instead of tapped. So, um, you know, that's just yeah. the way they're going to book him there. I don't, I don't think there was a big issue with it. I kind of was surprised that they actually let him get any sort of victory, whether, you know, distraction or not. So I, I thought it would be Reigns going over clean in a bit, you know, a, a long, hard-fought match. Oh, really? I didn't think that. I, I mean, I, I didn't think there was any way they were having someone with Joe lose just a couple yeah, weeks can't, out. can't have yeah. that. I, I, th- I thought it, you, Braun would come out and they would just start brawling and it'd be a no contest. Right. I thought it would be maybe no contest of some sort, yeah. Yeah, but – um. I mean, the way they did it was fine. I, I I just think, you know, Roman, you know, he does get beat clean here and there. And, you know, this this might have been one of the weeks to do it, but they didn't feel like it. Yeah, and, you know, with the not tapping, they did the, kind of that same finish with Balor, where Balor, yeah. you know, at the end of the five-way. But, um, but yeah. Sold the I hell mean, out of that choke out. Look how he's flailing his arms all around and stuff there. Yeah, I, I think Roman put him over good. I mean, yep. he, Samoa Joe took most of the match and uh, – yeah, I thought uh, Joe looked good, and um, Roman and Braun, and he's probably losing to Braun at the pay per view. So that makes pretty much every you know he still hasn't won a pay per view match since WrestleMania. Yeah, and they announced that it'll be an ambulance match at Great Balls of Fire. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Braun Strowman sorely missed these last few months that he's been gone. So an ambulance match that just means you if you just put him in and close the door, right, and that's it. They stip- they stipulated that you have to beat them down so much that you know medical attention is required essentially, and then they're driven off in the ambulance. But I always yeah, you figured have, you like once you close the, the doors, that's like the symbolic end to it. You can't mm. just right get out right. of the doors again. Yeah, that's how I think it's supposed to work. Uh, there's only been a, you know a good handful. I'm trying to recall some really good ones. You know they've done slamming people through the ambulance walls uh didn't seen to do something like that a few years ago mm. yeah wasn't that with big uh, show or something like that he, he did yeah something. possibly yeah I'm- <clears throat> they've done some gimmicky gimmick matches um in the past but yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure you actually have to put them fairly incapacitated in the ambulance and close the door for the bell to ring yeah um so ms tv segment following up that uh had the ms apologizing to maurice um and then of course dean ambrose had to come out and ruin everything uh the maurice is now mad at the miz the maurice maurice is now mad at the miz and uh turned out the dancing bears that were out there helping out the miz uh beat down dean ambrose and lo and behold curtis axel and bo dallas are now part of the miz's entourage so uh social outcasts are back man just minus peeth and adam rose Mm. yeah uh, that's what it's looking like. I, I feel like when you align yourself with job guys, it doesn't elevate you. It brings you down. And 
you know, with Edge, no one remembers the Edgeheads, you know, when he had Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder with him. It didn't make, I, I don't think it made him a b- bigger star at all. Uh, when you become a bigger star is when you're in a group like Evolution, where it's, you know, guys that are like all individually strong guys that, and, and, and then the cream rises. So, anyway, I, yeah. I, I don't know if this does the Miz any favors, but it does get Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel on TV, which, it's not like they were good workers that have been being held down. Um, although, don't, mm. uh, you see those house I, I, I would slightly disagree with that, but yeah. Well, Curtis Axel, I mean, behind the scenes, isn't he the guy they give everyone to in training? I mean, he's the guy that gets people ring ready when they come back. Yeah, um, but getting him ring ready, like learning, you know, doing the yeah, basics. I understand that. But you hear the, see these reports from house shows that, that he gets a huge pop at house shows, that they're well received. Uh, uh, they've been in his hometown. Down, I don't they've think. Been holding I, down main event or superstars, whichever one of the two that no one watches, they've been holding that down for months now. So I think all the guys that there's been a lot of crappy guys that hold down main event. And I'm not saying he's crappy. I'm just saying he's, this nothing special. Hmm. But both guys can work in my opinion, and they've just got to be given the right platform. I don't know if this is it. I mean, just lackeys that are going to be brawling with whoever Miz uh, Miz is going after. But, uh, if given the proper platform, I don't see why these guys still couldn't get over at some point in their career. They're both not getting any younger, but uh, they're not exactly old either. So, I mean, there's there's still some time left for these guys. Yeah. Um. After that, the Titus brand versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews tagging together. Raj, what did you think of this wrinkle? Uh, it was, you know, kind of time filler uh they got they got a decent amount of offense mm-hmm. you know i'm curious if the writers know where titus and apollo is going but i'm i'm you know i'm following along i'm i'm curious as to where it'll lead to uh, you know i i hope it's not just another breakup it would be good to see uh in my opinion titus bring out this mean streak of apollo and you know and have apollo get away from the over the top smiling character um so but you know, it, 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 again, this was more uh, when yeah again when I was talking about that one hour that was good and the two hours that was just time filler. <laughs> this was one of the time filler stuff. A little weird that they had them uh, in the, he- the traditional heel corner, and uh, Cesaro and Sheamus in the traditional face corner. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean they're they're both kind of tweeners. I don't think they really know exactly what they want to do with Titus and Apollo yet because you know Titus still has the the dog bark or whatever. Uh, and then Sheamus and Cesaro are still fairly popular among a lot of the people. But to me, what they're doing with the Titus brand is they get teams over or get people over in general um, to beat them. Uh, and that's kind of what they did here. They, they get them over to an extent. And, oh, here you go. You get fed to the tag champs to cement their, uh, their title at the top. Yeah, that's what made me think this is not – a long-term pairing uh, for, for right. them tagging together at least because uh, that's not how you introduce them as a tag team in this. I mean, everything kind of felt like filler between, um, I mean, I'll give a pass to the Miz TV segment, but uh, yeah, Samoa Joe and Roman between that and the end, I mean, they just sort of lumped a lot of stuff in there, including people were wondering where are the women and uh, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax that devolved into every woman on the raw roster coming out and getting involved in uh, a brawl. Um, was, was there a storyline point to this, or this was literally just placeholder? Um, this is going to set up an eight-woman eight tag next week. 
<laughs> eight woman. Who's the eighth? <laughs> uh, Summer Ray, possibly. Oh, there you go. It was a it was a cluster. You, you get at the because. You, everyone just kind of was fighting with everyone. You're just kind of like, is this going to end any, you know, at some point? Like, wh- who, who, <laughs> like, what is the end point of this? And now, then, Bailey did get a big pop, though. Ba- yeah, well, I half expected Bailey to come in and then everyone take turns beating the hell out of her just with the way she's been booked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad they didn't nice, do that. Yeah, and they gave her some baby face fire, some, some newfound aggression. Maybe that knee that she gave to i was i think it was emma that was uh that was pretty sweet I'm not gonna lie oh alicia fox could be the eighth there we go oh, yeah. there summer ray though i would like to see summer ray back i think uh it's been a i mean hasn't she been cleared forever too it's been a few weeks at least right she's been cleared since like wrestlemania yeah. okay yeah who knows um so we'll see what happens there but yeah it was sasha versus naya then it devolved Naya technically won by I don't DQ. know if you need more multi-person women stuff, you know, because oh, you're doing that on both brands. Uh, hopefully they move away from that on SmackDown. And, uh, but again, just all they're doing is just clumping them all together, which is how they were booked before. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's look aside from the actual, what the reveal was. What did you think of how they presented the reveal in that final segment there uh, with Corey Graves coming out, breaking it down, Lisa Simpson style and who shot Mr. Burns busting out the security footage tape. Um, do you think that they maybe took a little too long in doing this reveal or, or what did you think of the segment itself? Raj? I mean, I, I again, there, there, there's a lot of plot holes because if Kurt Hank angle figured it out and then he goes out and he didn't have it figured out, he's just you know, inter- <laughs> interviewing people. But, um, I, I liked it. I, you know, I thought as far as WWE reveals go, it was one of the better ones they've done in a long time. And now the, the heel turn, I, I mean, I liked it. It wasn't Johnny Gargano, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, but it was, uh, it was effective for what it was. And now where do you go with Enzo from here? I mean, you're going to have big cast kill him probably at the next pay-per-view, probably at the next two pay-per-views. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what you do with Enzo after that. I mean, you could put him in the cruiserweight division, have him team with someone else, uh, have him be a manager, which I think I think he should be a heel manager, even though he's such a great babyface talker. Uh, I think if longevity-wise, uh, as a manager, he'd be great. If you look at the sheer amount of merch Enzo and Cass have, it's because they're selling it. They're using them in commercials. This does seem... I, I have a feeling looking at that and their popularity that this will lead to them getting back together um, at some point, just because it seems weird they would split this up when they're making all this money for the company and doing all this outside stuff. As an uh, If you go right now and you go to, you know, WWE shop and sort by best selling, it's not anywhere close to, you know, some, something that they're going to miss. Uh, so, you know, I'm talking about in the sheer amount of different merch that they have for them. Okay, um, I don't, th- I mean, they broke up the shield, you know, yeah. and never brought them back together. So this is nowhere near that. So, um, well, so just keep watching folks. Cause if you want a good closeout deal on some Enzo and cast merch, <laughs> yeah. you know. uh, but, I mean, they could always bring it back, but you know, a lot of that, a lot of that merch applies more to Enzo anyway. That's true. But, um, but yeah, yep. I, I don't think it's it's going to hurt him too much. 
So, Chris, what did you think of the reveal, and was it better than Hornswoggle underneath the ring with a laptop? The laptop can uh, stay under the ring. That's okay. Uh, (laughs) But three things for me. Um, Graves, as this sort of inside scoop journalist, I actually really like that because it's a separate wrinkle to him just being a commentator. I mean, if he's actually going to be a TV character that's going to provide some insight into these storylines, I kind of like him as that sort of inside scoop guy. Um, The only thing that I really, really hated was let's bring out both suspects that we've been spoon fed for the past few weeks. And it's been more obvious each week. Let's go ahead and set these up and here fans, you're idiots. So here you go. Here's these two guys that we've been given to you every week. Um, That's the only thing that I didn't really like uh, because then, you know, you're, you're being set up for a swerve of some sort. Um, But like I said, at the top of the show, I thought Cass delivered one of his better promos. So, um, We'll see how the singles run goes. He's definitely strong as a heel if he's going to talk a little bit less and kick ass a little bit more. Um, so I think that's that's the way to go if, if that's the direction they're headed. Yeah, I, I think, again, I'm all for it. I think it's a good thing. I think you know, Cass as a heel uh, refreshes him. I just hope they don't uh, – I hope they do it right because there have been heel turns in the past uh, – where within a couple of weeks they're just jobbing and losing the next like like when Dolph Ziggler turned heel and then he lost the next match to Kalisto and he's just been at that level since um, where as opposed to elevating they just keep at that level so obviously they've had big plans for big casts uh, in the past they kind of always protect him he never takes the fall so uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna do better here. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of people suggesting Paige as uh, the eighth woman, but I think if you're bringing Paige back, you put her in something bigger than just a, that throwaway, you know, eight person feud. <laughs> you know? <sighs> well, Braun Strowman's back at least. There is a high point in all of this tonight. Braun Strowman's and where, back. And where they're going. And Joe is going to look like a million bucks by the time he gets into that ring with Brock. They're doing everything right in building Samoa Joe for this match that he's almost definitely going to lose at Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. I can almost see him getting killed, too. I almost don't see it being that, like, a 50-50 kind of thing. I, I, I see it being, well, maybe not killed, but, like, 65-35 where Brock, you know, more or less dominates and then gets the win. Which is unfortunate because, I mean, when's the last time Brock had a real – I mean, the Goldberg match went on for, what, like, five, ten minutes – uh, WrestleMania, but when's the last time Brock had like a 20 minute match? I'm trying yeah. to think, it's been, it's I mean, been a good while, <laughs> yeah. But with Joe, that would be an awesome match, right? I mean, that they could really do something special there. I know Dean Ambrose's comment at WrestleMania was that Brock wasn't in, didn't really want to do that, but I think if they wanted to be on the same page with this, it could be great, yeah. I don't see why a 10 12 minute match couldn't be out of the question with these two guys 20 25, that's stretching it a bit, but. 10, maybe 15 max, uh, because there's going to be some selling involved because they're beating the crap out of each other um, with their styles. So I, I don't see why they couldn't be a, a good little match with some suplexes, some urinagis, some you yeah. know, choke outs, whatever. The reason why I don't think it'll be all that competitive is I think they want to save that monster thing for Strowman. And mm. since it's Strowman and Lesnar at SummerSlam, I don't think they want to do something similar. So I think they probably just want to do something where Lesnar – comes out looking strong and then you can, you know, you, you, so that way you don't have two similar types of, you know, 
monster versus monster matches. So, but great balls of fire. Um, I don't know. You think it'll be the lowest buy rate for the pay per view of the year? Thus no far? way. No way. So? No, I think, I think it'll do okay. But no, I think Lesnar and Joe has more interest than <laughs> any SmackDown pay per view since WrestleMania. That's true. Yeah, Money in the Bank was probably pretty low. Although we don't really get numbers on that anymore, do we? No. No, but you can tell. I mean, you can just tell with interest online and, yeah. you know, we have our own numbers that we can tell and we see, you know, the spikes and the dips and every raw pay-per-view does do more than the SmackDown pay-per-views. And, then, and the uh, reason, yeah. And the, and the reason why I say that isn't about necessarily a reflection on where creative is now, although that definitely does affect the interest in a pay-per-view with the weekly uh, ratings and whatnot. But the reason I say that is because they're already hyping up SummerSlam. They're starting to build SummerSlam. And I think same thing with Battleground. I think Battleground is going to be a complete bump in the road compared to the SummerSlam uh, freight train at that point. Battleground's the last pay-per-view, right? Before yeah. SummerSlam? Yeah. After Great Balls of Fire? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and and that's the weird thing. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, that, that's the weird thing because, you know, on Twitter, I actually think our viewers are more active during SmackDown or at least more interested and, and more interactive with me. Um, you know, a few more likes and retweets here and there. But I wonder, you know, A, is it because it's shorter or because they're a little more interested in the content? Maybe it's not as long or, or whatever the case may be. But I, I think I get more more livelihood on uh, on SmackDown. Um, I think if you looked at the number of retweets and stuff at the end, though, like if you did the poll, you'll see a lot sure. more the, right, the, right. the number for Raw. Same as our comment section for Raw as opposed to SmackDown, mm -hmm. even if you take into account that extra hour. Um, it's that importance thing. And Raw is made to feel more important. And now SmackDown, even you know, they're bringing John Cena back and doing the free agent thing. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Hopefully it just leads to Cena staying on SmackDown. Um, but um, otherwise, they're really put putting the SmackDown as a B show, you know, into high gear. Yeah, I would say, Chris, that I think the average SmackDown fan, given that there are fewer of them, I mean, statistically by the numbers, I think the average SmackDown fan is probably a little more engaged and a little more of a hardcore fan. I think a lot of people maybe watch Raw a little more passively um, or dive in and out of it because it's three goddamn hours on a Monday. That's fair point. Weird. You start your week. You come home, you want to watch the wrestling, and uh, next thing you know, you know, it's 2018 already because the show was that goddamn long. Would you uh, rather yeah. have Would you rather have SmackDown as a live show on a Tuesday night or as a taped show as on a Thursday? I feel like the internet would just spoil the whole thing again. I mean, that's well, it did, but yeah. I mean, it's you can read the spoilers, but that you that you know the numbers now are <laughs> where they were when it was a tape show on a. Yeah. On a, you know, on Thursday. So, but it's something yeah, the, people watch. The newness live. has worn off. Yeah, the hey, newness here, has worn off. Here's a question. I never see anyone talk about the live. So, uh, we were talking off the air earlier, like Better Call Saul has its season finale tonight. So, we're going to wrap in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> but you see people with cable shows all the time talk about live plus seven because people watch it on DVR later. I never see people talk about the live plus three or live plus seven on wrestling. Do those numbers get released? Those numbers usually it, it makes up five to ten percent difference usually. That's small because with the Americans, Better Call Saul, the stuff on cable, it's sometimes three times as many people watch it. Not yeah, live. but uh, I, I Better Call Saul and Monday Night Raw, you know, don't necessarily have the same demo. Obviously, any oh, show there's going to be yeah. some, but yeah, uh, the, the the shows that affect wrestling are 
football and yeah. you know sports and 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 things that even though it's weird because wrestling does hit such an older audience apparently but you know things that are big hits with the younger audiences like dancing with the stars in the past would would have effects here and there but yeah uh, right now and it'll be wrestling where the ratings are now and with football season uh in <laughs> the usual 10 percent drop yeah. uh, and this year i'm guessing it, it might be even more just with interest waning um you gotta wonder how much uh, so much of that is creative but is the brand split uh kind of contributing a lot to that because you do have uh two shows that aren't stacked with stars you and if you had had them combined yes you'd go back to smackdown being a b show with the repeat of raw but at least raw was hotter yeah that superstar shakeup though man i mean that really decimated what was great about smackdown like i think yep. it just threw off the chemistry we'll see tomorrow night if daniel bryan coming back has a little bit helps to get its uh mojo back no pun intended oh no did you really do that <laughs> So speaking of which, we'll be here Wednesday at noon Eastern to talk about SmackDown Live, the fallout for Money in the Bank. What's going to happen tomorrow night with James Ellsworth and Carmella? Who knows? But we'll talk about it Wednesday here on the podcast. And Rush also uh, to yeah. Tony Schiavone oh, yeah, as well. Right. Tony yeah. Schiavone. So we'll talk to Tony first for the first part of the podcast. Then we'll talk about SmackDown in the second part. You're not going to want to miss it. Tune in live if you have questions. We'll take some from y'all while we're doing the interview. And then, uh, you know, check it out later as a podcast. So we talked about Seth being on the cover of 2K18, talked, uh, I think, just about everything. Raj, you want to quickly uh, touch upon Brock's plans for post-SummerSlam? Yeah, so Brock is booked for um, the Raw two weeks after SummerSlam. So, um, so it looks like he will be on the September pay-per-view as well. But he's not I – mean, and things could change, but right now they are starting to, to book his dates. And so – he is booked for September, so I'm guessing whatever happens at SummerSlam will probably lead to a rematch in September. And then he's not uh, scheduled right now for TLC, so he, he, he'd he probably go back into his hiatus until uh, Survivor Series. So that's kind yeah, of... Uh, I, I don't see Lesnar taking the uh, regular TLC bumps, necessarily. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, he'd be putting a, a ladder... Yeah, I mean, uh, in a... A title match, most oh, likely. Yeah, Are they going <laughs> to do TLC as a Raw pay-per-view this year? Yeah, it's a Raw pay-per-view. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we, we got details on it on the site today. So for anyone that wants more details, they could check it out. Wrestling and, folks, um, if you want to not be surprised by anything that ever happens in the world of wrestling, <laughs> go to Wrestling Inc. and just start reading. It's like you'll know everything that's going to happen before it happens. That's not a good... Not quite the best. <laughs> no, don't you think so? Plug, I mean, but... <laughs> okay, so to, I mean, think about it with something you're a fan of, right? People like spoilers. People like knowing ahead of time. Um, it's the reason why studios prevent leaks with things because there is the hardcore fan that wants to feel in the know. Okay. And I well, think I know have... I don't want to. I don't want to hear what happens with Game of Thrones. But as soon as I see something on, like you know some some site where it's like uh spoilers you don't want to see this because it'll, it'll it's a big spoiler for the next season i'm like ah, i gotta see <laughs> or if you're like me yeah. and you have playstation view you already see it on twitter 20 seconds ahead of time before you see it on your television <laughs> yeah. yeah i have to like time lag watching it live because my uh streaming over the internet's like 
30 seconds behind. But now, you know what I think it is, and Wrestling Inc. is very good about this, is that if you want to visit the site and you just want to know more about what's going on behind the scenes, if you want insight into what's already happening, it's there. But yes, if you want to be spoiled, that's an option. I don't think... It, but we do we do put spoilers. We yeah. do put spoiler alerts. In Fair the warning. But no, uh, it's a great site. And uh, obviously, you know, you, you all already know it or else you wouldn't be here watching. So um, stay tuned to the site for more Wednesday. Tony Schiavone, we're going to have that interview. And then we're going to talk about SmackDown. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. On behalf of myself, Mr. Raj Giri, and Mr. Chris Calicut, we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.